My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a crisp autumn morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that alongside me on today's show is Ken Deary, owner and CEO of Right at Home UK, a leading social care company providing quality care in the home. Uh, Ken, good morning and welcome to the programme. Oh, good morning, Scott, and uh, thank you for having me on the programme. Really, really pleased to be able to come on the programme. Brilliant, and uh, you're, you're of course, Ken, uh, you're a successful healthcare um, professional, I think if it's right to uh, to say, and uh, obviously very topical at the moment in the aftermath of the COVID-19 situation and with the government reforms coming in, um, but you're also very much um, involved in sort of multi-award winning franchise as well, aren't you, if I'm right in saying so, you know, quite diverse your career so far. Uh, yes, I, I guess it is. Um, you know, um, one of my main businesses is uh, right, right at Home, which is, um, we've got 70 plus offices around the country, and we're really at the quality end of care. So if you look at uh, what, what happens in care, the Care Quality Commission, I'm sure you've heard of, or CQC, mm-hmm. um, they, they uh, basically are the regulator, and across Social care, there's 3% of um, offices across the whole of social care that are outstanding. We run at 34%, so over 10 times the national average for outstanding. So we're at the quality end, um, but I'm also at a care home and um, I'm a non-exec at um, a company called Able World, which are the big, largest bricks and mortars um, mobility aids provider in the UK. So, um, you know, healthcare is something that's very passionate to me. But um, in terms of right at home, we've also, um, our territories or or offices are franchised. I'm a firm believer in uh, franchising and the franchising model. I started off as a a very successful McDonald's franchisee winning uh, the British Franchise Association Franchisee of the Year and went on to win their Golden Arches Award, which is the top 30 franchisees in the world. Um, but uh, since then, um, you know, I've um, become a franchisor with and right at home is my franchisor business. And um, I'm currently vice chairman of the British Franchise Association. So um, franchising is in my blood also, as well as healthcare. Yeah, big believer in the uh, the model, it seems. And uh, through Right at Home, of course, you provide care at home for adults and older people to help them sort of retain and enjoy their independence. And I can imagine sort of that arm of care as um just like sort of care homes out there um it's really sort of suffered operationally as a result of the last 18 months with the covid situation so um what's it been like trying to navigate the challenges of that uh, just before we move on um i wouldn't say it's been easy but you know you have to have a positive mindset if you're in business and um we feel we've really navigated the the challenges well um, in terms of things like PPE um, when it was difficult uh, to source PPE we went out and bought wholesale yes we had to uh, pay over the odds but we got the uh, PPE in very quickly 
Um, we work very closely with the Home Care Association in the UK to make sure that we had very strict um, policies and procedures for our care staff. And we did everything to support our offices and our offices to support our care staff to provide um, safe care. So I think we, we've done exceptionally well. Yes, um, you know, our care staff will be uh, quite jaded now, I think, as most mm. people in um, the care sector, such as the NHS, um, you know, things have gone on for a long time. But we remain positive. Um, you know, our big challenge at the moment undoubtedly would be um, recruitment because mm. um, we've got... We're facing um, a business that um, is really positive in that, um, you know, demand is exceptional in in, um, in care now, as is demand for the NHS services. So anything health-related demand is exceptional. Our biggest um, concern is having enough um, good staff to be able to provide that care. Yeah, but, You know, that I, I wouldn't... You know, if you look at other industries, that's not not um, a bad problem to have. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm not going to, of course, ask your views on the sort of no jab, no job policy that is exacerbating the recruitment um, crisis in care at the moment, because it is a contentious issue and there are a lot of very different views on that. Um, but when it yeah. comes to sort of that recruitment problem... Um, I suppose um, a lot of the long-standing issues for care prior to COVID have been not just the fact that the sector isn't necessarily the most lucrative, but also perceptions of the industry. But given sort of the goodwill that's been sort of generated toward the NHS and towards social care during the pandemic, there may well be signs, you could argue, that perceptions toward care are starting to change. And so maybe it is a case of actually being able to pay carers more that's going to sort of try and solve the issue issue and um, is that something that you sort of would align yourself with oh definitely i mean what we we want to be um seen is um as an outstanding employer in care and um you know our offices pay well above uh, national living wage and of course we'd like to pay a lot a lot more but as you uh, rightly alluded to um scott um our um Clients or service users can't, um, you know, pay the large um, rates. So it's all about uh, margin, really, in business. We're talking with uh, business people here. If um, our um, clients can't afford to pay, say, um, mm. high rates, we can only pay our caregivers you know, as much as that margin allows. And we'd love to pay our caregivers more, but, you know, as a whole, right at home, we're way above most um, providers in terms of our pay, our training, our support for our caregivers. So, you know, we... we it, there's the saying in, in business that um, your clients only get the service that um, your staff provide because your staff feel good about your business. So with us running at a very high rate of outstanding, we must be doing something right with our um, staff. Mm. 
I actually had um, a care provider on this uh, program uh, not long ago, actually. And one thing that they said regarding uh, recruitment as well is that they wanted to kind of do away with this idea that care is an unskilled industry. In fact, care on the inverse is a very skilled industry. You need a certain level of aptitude and people's skills to work in care. And, you know, you've got to have an incredible work ethic as well. And that's not just something that you can just go and find from, you know, your average Joe off the street, is it? So that's one thing as well that perhaps for sort of the good of the industry going forward and perceptions of it, that does need to yes. sort of go out the window, doesn't it? Well, well that's a great point, uh, Scott. I feel very strongly about that point. Um, you know, the government in the past has um, called, uh, said uh, care workers are low-skilled, which um, I just can't believe that leadership said that. Um, you know, and following that, we've had uh, the post-Brexit um, failure to agree uh, visa privileges for um, care workers, essential workers. Well, mm. you know, our view is that we are essential workers. I mean, we all love and respect the NHS, but, you know, we really need to start seeing um, our care workers being put on a very similar level and pedestal to um, our NHS people because without our care workers, you know, there's going to be significant bed blocking and pe- people suffering is that because of that. So, mm. you know, it, I, I truly believe ours is a, is a skilled business. It is a business where you've got to be co- compassionate you know, you've got to really care about your clients, and that, and that needs recognising. And we we need to talk more positively about um, the people that work in care because we have some absolutely fantastic people, and the opportunities for those people are fantastic. You know, we've we've got people that who have um, reached really senior roles, have started off as. Um, care workers and work the way up um, so you know I, it is a fantastic career but we need you know the government and everyone needs to start recognizing that mm. Absolutely right. And um, something, of course, that the government has done um, is announce um, widespread reform to how social care is funded with a new sort of 1.25% rise in national insurance of the health and social care levy, the new sort of lifetime cap on social care costs. Of course, we found out this week there's going to be a lot of devil in detail there. Um, But a lot of social care providers um, have worried even so that um, maybe the uh, funding, a lot of that new funding, could still be swallowed up by the NHS and even with a portion of it ring-fenced, there may not be a great deal um, left for social care and it could still be a little bit of a drop in the ocean. So do you think that these reforms are really going to bring about that change that social care needs or is there sort of more action required from your perspective? We we will never know until (laughs) Until the government actually uh, do something here. But I mean, at least we've got a positive step in the right direction. Mm. Um, you know, the 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 NHS is um, seen as the priority. Obviously, we've got um, cancer cases, etc. That we need to clear the backlog. But I am very hopeful that you know, once that um, backlog and certain things are, are in, improved in the NHS, 
that more money will be coming to social care and that will help us start improving things. Yes, we, we're going through a patch where it's, um, it's tough, but, you know, every business in every environment goes through tough patches. And um, I do think if the government use that money wisely and long-term supporters, you know, we, we will come out of this far better. And obviously looking into that kind of lifetime cap, is that going to sort of give the leeway to sort of service users to be able to keep pumping the funds needed into social care that's going to lead to those increased wages that we maybe talked about earlier? Well, that that's important, um, you know, that there is enough um, money coming into social care. And um, a lot of social care is actually paid for by um, local authorities and NHS, etc. So it's important that uh, money is uh, flowing through to the, um, the local councils, for example, mm. to, to fund the right level of payment to um, the providers so they can pay the right level to the care staff. So, you know, it all flows through. I mean, you, 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 this is a business part podcast but you you know you can't pay someone unless you're getting the right um, rate for the service you're paying so what is important that um, you know I agree very strongly with the home care association that there should be a minimum price for care across the country mm. yeah and you know that minimum price for care would then flow through to wages and we may you know Accordingly, I would totally support, you know, a minimum wage um, price for um, carers' wages. You know, if the two were aligned, that would really help things. Yeah, it's does interesting. Does that make sense, Scott? Yeah, certainly does, and it is interesting time, certainly for the social care sector. And despite obviously some of the uh, the issues that it has faced in previous years, I mean, right at home, your business's record is absolutely exemplary. I mean. We've seen um, the company has won sort of the UK's best franchise on four occasions. It's been the best mid-sized care employer in the UK on one occasion. Um, you're one of only four um, businesses in the country to have won a five-star franchise award for eight years in a row as well. So it's unbelievable. But with all of that success behind you, um, obviously with big reforms coming in care and obviously a big year ahead as well following the COVID situation. I'd be interested, Ken, just to understand before we wrap up um, what some of your ambitions are for the business going forward and where you see yourselves this time uh, next year, maybe. Um, well, in terms of our business, um, you know, the the last um, 10 years have been our formative years. You know, we've learned a lot. We've improved every year in our operationally, how we do things. And the next 10 years, you know, are really important to us. Real, real growth, real ambitions for um, right at home for the care sector. And um, in terms of right at home, we have a target by the end of 2026 um, to, to have um, 100 um, franchised offices um and um, to be the absolute leader in terms of um, quality of, of care and the most trusted brand in um, in social care. Um, and in, in addition to that, you know, I, um, I want to grow into um, other areas of supporting um, the community, be it 
care homes, be it assisted living. So um, the next 10 years are really exciting, but, you know, we really want to improve the, um, the health care offering that we give across the, uh, the country. In terms of fran- franchising, I, I, you know, I, I just love the sector. Um, I am vice chairman. Um, I'm d- designate um, chair of the um, British Franchise Association for the next two years, um, which is um, around about a twenty billion pound um, industry. So it's a significant industry, and um, you know that that is all about um, ethical franchising and um, supporting the. Franchisors and franchisees in best practice. So, you know, the next ten years for me are, are really exciting. I, I have no <laughs> interest in uh, retiring at all. You know, I'm, I'm 65, but you know, the next ten years are going to be my best ten years. It's amazing ambition, uh, Ken, and I do sort of wish you all the luck in the world in sort of making that a reality and. I think who knows, maybe even a few months or years down the line, we might even be back on this programme and revisiting this just to see how those plans are really starting to come to fruition because it's a fantastic mission you're on and hopefully as well um, we'll start to see some real positive action coming from the government's reforms into social care too. Yeah, I'd I'd love to be on um, again, Scott, and I really appreciate you um, taking the time to to talk to me today. Thank you very much. Uh, Likewise, Ken, and thank you for giving up your time to speak to us because it is integral to the work that we do at the Leaders' Council and getting those real and authentic views out there. And if you are a regular listener and feel that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us, then by all means, you also can apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and it could be you that we're interviewing here next uh, ken once again thank you for joining us and uh, best of luck um going forward thank you scott it was a pleasure welcoming right at home's ken deary onto the program today and i hope that all of you tuning in really enjoyed the interview delving into social care and franchising very interesting uh, period coming up for the sector and it will be fascinating to see whether the government reforms do indeed have the desired effect. Um, Until next time everybody, please do take care and we will be joining you again very soon.